0: Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to talk about all things economic today. We're going to be uh, hitting commodities, precious metals cost is gone, turkey the eu decline uh the rebuilding the soviet empire we got the full meal deal right here at work on the common sense show and to talk to us about it we got a man whose business it is to know robert kudlov trade genius bob welcome to the show glad you could join us hey dave happy new year happy new year to you my friend well um there's never any shortage of things to talk about these days and things are happening with great rapidity you know, I've been doing this work. I started writing in 2004, and I had my own radio show in 2007. And in that time, Bob, I've never seen things move as quickly as they are right now.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, um, you know, we're at a lot of nexuses right now, if that's a word. Nexi. Nexi. Um, there you go. In terms of, um, in terms of things coming together, I mean, you know, we're. We're at an end of an age, uh, if you will, because of the monetary systems can only support so much debt before they have to be reset. And, you know, politicians, they don't like pain. So they 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 opt to what they call the passive pain, which is inflation. But. It's gotten out of hand this time, and and now it's visible to the uh, to the electorates around the world, and and so now uh, the Federal Reserves have to come in to protect the the the, the basically their currencies, and and it's going to get ugly, and and then that's I think then after this next go around of volatility, then I think we'll start seeing resets. So let's. Let's talk about where it's showing up. The nice thing about living in America is that we're the last, we're going to be the last to see the pain, so we get a sense as to how the pain is going to be distributed. And if you look over in Turkey, you and I talked about Turkey a couple months ago. Turkey is is, is going to become a failed state, and um, they already have a strong man in there, and 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 it's going to get very interesting. Because at the same time, we have another failed state just to its just to its east, which is Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan's in a different position because they actually have enough resources to have what what I would call um, external um, abilities to capture foreign reserves, but the the country is so corrupt that they they've now lost the, the support of the people. And, and you have basically Russia and you have China that have a lot of interest and influence in that area, and, and they're actually in competition with each other. So the Kazakh leader, you know, at, trying to defend his ability to stay in power, actually invited Russia in. Russia loves it because they, they would love nothing more to make Kazakh, Kazakhstan a vassal state again. Yes. And Russell control of it away from China. So, this is going to become a flashpoint because China desperately needs Kazakhstan because that's where their railways go through, okay, to get into Western China. And Russia is now going to control the gateway to Europe. And you have to understand also there's gas pipelines there, oil pipelines there, minerals galore. And my favorite. Uranium they're the forty percent of the world uranium is produced out of Kazakhstan. Could you imagine Russia controlling uranium market and the petroleum markets around the world? Uh, Mother Russia wants to be relevant again
0: well, I, I said ten years ago, I thought that Putin was intent on reconstructing the old Soviet empire. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, and somebody corrected me because I said the same thing and they said actually he wants Mother Russia. You know, because okay. um, he, he never liked the Soviet Union. He's he's Mother Russia. He's a nationalist. And uh, so he wants to stitch back which he, he thinks are any Russian speaking parts of the old empire. He wants back under his orbit. And that's why, you know, he's 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 so intent on capturing the eastern part of Ukraine, U- U- Ukraine back because though they're Russian speaking people from with Russian, you know, the Ukrainians speak Russian but they're not you're not um uh they, they consider them detached from Russia. You know, um and, and so I think he's trying to reestablish you know the Russian lands again and what he lost. So that's fascinating in and of itself. Europe is so screwed, I can't even I you know, you and I could do a show for a week on on Europe. But since I talk about stock trading, all I care about what's going on in in that part of the world is that the price of those commodities will go higher, which is gonna cause a great deal of pain for our Federal Reserve.
0: Wow. What's it mean to the average person in their pocketbook? Uh,
1: Well, their, their pocketbook's gonna be thinner. So, you know, you're already seeing you're already seeing um, the stickiness, I would say, of food and energy and rent and health care. And my personal view is that it's beyond the Fed's ability to control short term. And it's gonna take a vulgar <clears> high <throat> level of of punishment to break those chains because you know, we, we have a demand issue, but we also now have a supply issue, and you can't raise interest rates into a supply issue. It's irrelevant, right? Yes. You know, um, and so right now, Russia is sitting in a situation where they can now control the marginal production of oil, natural gas, uranium, and and um, and now for for uh, Europe, um, ship by shipping by rail. So, um, so they're not going to be able to bring costs down by raising interest rates. All they're going to do is impoverish people who are in debt.
0: My goodness. Um, jobs um, here in America, I would imagine the thinning of the wall is going to be related to the ability to have jobs. I mean, is there going to be a dramatic effect on employment?
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is that we're, we're that's the other nexus that is hit. You know, we're where uh, baby boomers are rolling off just off the uh, out of the markets. And uh, so people are are powering down. I think, you know, it's no accident to see the migration from high cost to low cost and city to exurb because it's cheaper. I was just literally talking to people in my, um, you know, in my uh, trading rooms. And, you know, I live in California I literally could sell my home, Dave, move anywhere else but where I live and not have a mortgage. And so if I was forced to power down my life, um, I could do that. And a lot of people here have. In my neighborhood, I have, I think there's 30, 35 homes on our cul-de-sac. And for 30 years, we had maybe three people move. And in the last year, we've had seven. So we have people now just cashing out. They're retiring and they're cashing out. And and so they feel no, not compelled at all to work unless they want to for other than monetary reasons. And I think so we're kind of at full employment right now. And so it, it causes issues and we have a skills gap because the people who don't or are underemployed don't have the skills. Like if you want to bring chip manufacturing back to the United States, you know who's going to do that work right <clears throat> so so that's another issue that they have so the fed i think feels like with full employment now they could push interest rates and with people retiring you know it, they're not as affected by interest rates going up because they're not taking on mortgages so i think you're going to see the fed a little bit more hawkish here but it's i think it's going to take you know a year 18 months you know even longer for them to try to See, you could bring inflation back to zero because, you know, if it was up 10% last week and zero next week, right, Is it zero, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about actually bringing the cost of living down of things that you need. I think it's going to be problematic.
0: Yeah, I, I read an article recently, too, to fix the inflation rate correctly. The government admits to just over 7%, but if you use the same criteria they used in 1972, it's fifteen point seven percent. Are you aware of that?
1: Yeah, and you know, and here's the here's the cheat sheet that people don't know, but you can use this in the future. You just look at the annual increase rates in rent, and it, it, it mirrors it mirrors the uh, the true inflation rate for pretty well over time.
0: And well, rents going through the roof here in Phoenix area, uh, not too far from where I live, so yeah, I, I it's everywhere. That you go into the grocery store, it's um, it's in incre- restaurants. We went through a fast food drive through the other day. We were really short on time because we don't typically eat that. And um, But we're, we're in line and we get it. And just a little small order that was maybe $12, $14 a couple of years ago was $26. We, we couldn't believe it. The heck, we may as well just go out to eat and sit down and eat. But um, yeah, it's just everywhere. The inflation is horrendous. What's going to happen to gas prices? People ask me this all the time.
1: Uh, well, my view is that we'll be over a hundred dollars a barrel. So, um, if you notice now, I'm, I'm looking at it right at this moment here. So, stock market took a big tumble today. Uh, you and I are talking on a Monday, and um, and oil's down thirty cents. <laughs> okay, so um, oil is at seventy-eight dollars. It'll be over a hundred. They're not producing enough of it, Dave, and the United States. Um, um has been behind the curve in terms of production. And so the Biden administration kneecapped us, even if we ramp up production again back to the Trump time, it's gonna take a year to eighteen months to get enough uh you know oil out of the ground and into the system to to uh, hold back on prices. So uh I'd expect this to steady increase in energy costs over time and that supports my thesis on uranium and uh And as energy goes, food prices go, because you have to transport it and fertilizer and all that good stuff.
0: Hmm. But they sure don't slow down raising the price of oil, which the future market seems to drive. In other words, I remember when uh, Iraq invaded Kuwait, by that night, gas had gone up a buck at the gallon, uh, a gallon at the pump. Yep. So they, they get you going both ways. Um, so does a hundred dollars a barrel equate to about five dollars a gallon? Uh yeah. Except in California we'll probably be six or seven.
1: right now we're at four forty something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll be if it's a hundred dollars we'll be five fifty.
0: Right. It's like it's almost like people if you drive twenty miles to work and you're a waitress, you can no longer afford to drive to work. Yeah, well
1: that's what's happening and people just aren't Going then. And, uh, you know, you, you, those jobs, you know, those jobs are going to go begging.
0: We went to a chili Saturday night after a church service, and we go in, and, and I'm thinking, I'm encouraged. Thought it'd be crowded on a Saturday night, and one third of the restaurant was empty, both in the bar and the restaurant area. So we thought, we'll, we'll easily be able to get a seat. No, one hour. One hour. It said, you got all these empty tables. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough cooks. We don't have enough servers.
1: Yeah, I um, uh, over Christmas and New Year, they actually first time I've ever uh, well, Starbucks was was closed. All the re- all the restaurants were closed. Never before I've ever seen everything closed on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. But it wasn't just Christmas Day, and New Year's Day. It was till the Wednesday after for both of them, because they they knew they weren't going to get enough workers. And uh, um, the only place that was open was uh, Marie Callender's, and they had a they had a warning that basically uh, says we don't have enough help, so you know your orders are going to take longer to to uh, to be processed. So, look, I don't. It's not, yeah, it's not ending. So it's it's really interesting. You know, it where is this going to all go?
0: It truly is. How high do you think interest rates will go?
1: That I don't know, because um, I don't know at what interest rates turned us into a depression. So I wish I had a better sense for it, but you know, I was explaining to people, you know, quarter point increase isn't just a quarter point increase. You're, you're talking, you're talking like a twenty percent cost in, in increase in, in in money, you know, because it's so low. So the tolerance, um, it'll be it'll be seen first of all in the uh, in the stock market because so many people borrow money to speculate and companies have borrowed a lot of money to buy back their shares. So you'll see the pain there first, and then I think secondarily in the in a real estate market, there's just too much money right now, too much cash out there, that people could just buy things for cash. That I think the real estate markets are going to hold up longer than they than they would like in terms of trying to put the genie in the bottle. And so uh, I you know I think we'll probably see at least a one point one percent point increase in in. in uh, you know, four basically four increases in in um, uh, interest rate rises.
0: So you think there'll be four separate increases? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's my thinking. And it'll total to be one percent.
1: Yeah, that's my thinking. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't. I'm not really good at that stuff. I just uh, I just know directionally we're going higher, and how do I deal with it? So
0: yeah, I made a prediction the other day. We, we live. Oh, gosh, what is it right now? About 16, 17 miles from the nearest gas station. We're, we're out here in rural Maricopa County. But they're building, and they got huge developments planned coming out our way. And I told my wife last night at dinner, I said, hey, don't worry. It'll be just like 2009 when they talked about the same thing. I think the economy is going to crush this expansion. What What do you think as far as major real estate developments? Is it Are they going to go backwards?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. It all depends on... I would I would say it's gonna be very uh, locale specific, like where people are leaving from. I think it'll get crushed. Where people are going to may hold up. Mm. You know, um, you know, you look at Vegas. They're, they're not making any more land around Vegas, right? And right. You know, where you live in in the Phoenix area, you still have a lot of room for them to build. You know, but um, it all depends on if the people can sell their homes where they're trying to bail out of. You know, so I, what I heard about Arizona is people that moved up to Idaho now are moving down Arizona
0: because it's just too cold up there. Yeah, I noted that the five migration states right now leading the way are Montana, Utah, Idaho, and then, of course, two warm weather in Arizona and Florida. So I looked at the three cold weather states and I said, I don't think that trend is going to continue. People don't want to go from warm weather like in California to cold weather states.
1: Yeah, and also there's there's um, I think people are also struggling with um, um, with moving to Texas versus moving to Florida because I think people don't realize how hot it could be in Texas.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? And humid, and humid. And yeah, humid. I got I got cousins in Texas, and you know, when we visited, oh my goodness, you go in the summer. It could be 103 at Christmas in some areas. It's crazy. Hey, yeah. uh, I wanted to ask you, though, before we dive into some of these international issues, um, how is this affecting Trade Genius and what you guys do?
1: Um, you know, it's, um, well, it's affected us in a very good way because, number one, we were positioned for this. So we caught the Santa rally and then we went ahead and we pivoted. Um, I guess, I don't know, it's been a week now where, where we told everybody just close all your long positions unless they're like long-term positions, and we're selectively, you know, basically staying in uranium, and then we bought the, the, the Trump um, uh, DWAC because we think that's going to be growth for the coming elections, and uh, and 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 then we've been we've been trading in and out of. Um, there's a, a stock called SARK. Which is basically shorting Kathy Woods uh, innovation companies, and so we've had a really good we've had a really good start of the year. How's that? And, uh, and we had a great Christmas. So we love volatility, Day because all we look for is where the money's flowing, and big money can't move without footprints, and we just follow the footprints. <laughs>
0: You know, you're like a basketball team. You pressure the ball wherever it's at. <laughs> you don't, you don't allow the opponents to to survey the defense and even get a breath. That's that's how that's my sense of what you do. There's a trend that's a volatile trend, and you can jump on that trend and make money. You're all over it.
1: Yeah, I think the important thing is is you have to have an understanding of the macro, right? But it's you know, it, it's not like um, I have like a. A Ouija board. I mean, look, I count on I count on politicians being politicians and I count on human nature. And so we knew going into this that the the, the, the politicians are gonna opt for inflation until it was intolerable. But we knew inflation was coming and we knew where the inflation was gonna hit, right? It's gonna be energy and it's gonna be food, and we know that that. Things like uranium are what's called long-cycle commodities, and it's, it really doesn't care about the economics because you know if you're going to put a hundred million dollars of uranium in a six billion dollar a nuke plant, you don't care if it goes from a hundred million to one hundred fifty million, okay? Because you're buying a twenty-year supply of uranium. That's why these cycles go for three or four years and then they sit dead for ten. And and right now we're in that up cycle in uranium, so it's 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 economically insensitive and and so that's what we look for and then we just we just watch our indicators and they say buy we buy like we've been short all week Uh, from the beginning of the year we've been short the market and in fact I'm just as we're talking I just flipped long because because we we went down and we hit what's called our buy zones Dave and so we're gonna get a bounce now for probably a couple days and then the trend will continue back down again. So that's all we do is we basically let the money flow in our range um, uh, trader. And just for people listening, what we have for our service is we have two algorithms running. One is looking at a range and one is looking at a trend. And we just apply those buy signals and sell signals. So if you want to trade with us, just go to tradelegitgenius.com. We have seven bundles put together, uh, promo code winner. You can uh, go ahead and... Um, uh, get 65% off anything pre-bundled uh, anything that's not bundled you can use the promo code to get 40% off you trade stocks you can trade cryptos you can trade the day, day trade with us in the markets and we do very well and like I said we're, we're unbiased in the sense where that the money's telling us to go left we go left even if our heart is telling us to go right and you just follow the money and you can't help but make money over time
0: yeah, yeah. You, you can't manage with your heart. You have to use the trends. I totally agree. So let me see if I got that right. Winner is the coupon code, sixty-five and forty. The bundled versus non-bundled discounts, and uh, is is there a, a, a sunset date on that?
1: Yeah. So usually, Dave, for your listeners, we we have it at Saturday. So it'll be the fifteenth, um, I believe, of of, of January yes. at midnight we're going to hold those discounts for your listeners.
0: Okay, making a note here. And that's go to tradelikeagenius.com. tradelikeagenius.com Yeah, if I don't ask that here, I, you know, at this point, I get people that email me, hey, why don't you give out information here? I want to make money too. I mean, I, I hear this a lot. I know the last time we talked, um, we had talked about last year's performance and you said you had a lot of people that got 50% return on investment. Yeah, yeah
1: well, very well. People and. So our profit factor remains the same. We're still <clears throat> we're still you know two out of three trades are winners and our winners out 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 uh, our losers. So we have what's called a profit profit um, a positive profit factor. and so um, you know we started the year off with a bang and uh, and uh, you know I'm just gonna flip over and just look at some of the trades that we took here while we're talking here. Let me find my spreadsheet. So, you know, last week we got into Vail. Vail is a probable trade. CCJ, we caught the reversal there. Um, You know, we we bought volatility, we made money there. We bought Sark, we made money there. We bought Diana Shipping, that's another one. The shipping stocks are gonna do well this year. There's a shortage of ships. We did well there. Uh, We caught Cleveland Cliffs, it's still moving higher. And iron ore, DWAC, this is our third DWAC trade. And we're in we're in DWAC right now, and that trades that trade's making money for us. And then we've been in fertilizer stocks, so that's kind of where we're focused. And um, and so we
0: uh, we're just going to keep on keeping on there, Dave. Yeah, that, I, this is this is really good stuff. Uh, let me profile your investors for a second here, and I know there's no one size fits all, but um, I would imagine if you're tracking volatility trends. Uh, You have to have people that you're working with, and people that join Trade Genius, that have to have a little bit of knowledge of current events.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, look, most of the people that actually you know come to us, you know, are listening to your show and stuff like that. So, people are already aware, and they and they want to they want to stay ahead of the uh, stay ahead of the the steamroller, if you will. So, um, a lot of people have really been educated by shows like yours, Dave, over the last couple of years. And so it's you know, these aren't these aren't big pushes for me to tell people, hey, you know, get into Veil, which is copper, get into, you know, Cleveland Cliffs, which is iron ore, get into CCJ or Quad Uke the uranium. They they understand that these things are in short supply. They have pricing power and as big money moves into these positions, it's like being lifted up a high tide. Yep. That's, all, that's all we do. And then we know, you know, with even if the economy stumbles, we know the political crazy season's coming. And DWAC is like the second coming of Twitter, you know, and Facebook and Google kind of rolled into one. And you got 80 million people who, who voted for Trump, right, that are going to definitely support that company. And, you know, either through engagements or. Or through advertising, and so that company is going to be worth a lot of money. So get into it. (laughs) Even if
0: even if someone was a diehard liberal and absolutely hated everything Donald Trump stood for, it's still the right investment to make. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, you you can be Machiavellian. You
1: know, I've traded stocks. I hate it. I don't trade Facebook. So that's the only one I I hold back (laughs) (laughs) on.
0: Yeah, I don't do Facebook. Um, (laughs) I won't. When we we look at um, your typical investors, I just have a question here about uh, the the items, the non-bundled and bundled items. I know those are educational materials. Uh, Are are they an ABC on how you do trading or do you teach trends or what goes on inside those uh, vignettes?
1: Yeah, so what we offer with our service is, number one, you have access to how we trade and how our system works and how to use our indicator. So you get access to all these YouTube vignettes. But in addition to that, you have access to our chat rooms. And then you have access to trades that we put out. And then we also have um, you actually have access to the algorithms. So you basically can trade things that we don't trade because it's you know what if it's a crypto asset or a stock asset, you can apply alerts to any any of those assets that are trading publicly, and um, you can use the system even if I don't call the trades out. So we teach you how to do it, and once you know how to do it, you can you can just run amok. And so you get four things with us. And uh, uh, like I said, most people buy the bundle that has both stock and crypto in it. Very it's very inexpensive, and uh, and then there you can just join the chat rooms and ask your questions. And uh, and like today, I you know I put a trade out first thing this morning. I usually I usually try to get one trade out a day if I can I do two, depending on how the market's acting, and uh, so I can always help people, you know, make money while they're trying to figure out how to use
0: the system. Mhm. Okay, that that uh, the, when people just have to listen, uh, but I like the idea of having that chat room. I look at that as a really good fallback. Um, the, uh, what what's I gonna ask you here? Um, the copycat phenomena because you guys have had so much success with 60 you know five percent trade wins um two out of three trades you win and uh the rate of uh, return on investment um are you finding other groups are starting to imitate your model I, i don't
1: know you know um i i you know i operate so dave i'm a little bit like you so i've been elite my whole life right so i was elite athlete i um uh, high school college I was elite um, military I was in United States Marine Corps officer I worked for two elite corporations and one thing that I've learned is when you're the lead dog you don't turn around and see who's following you you just yeah. keep innovating and driving and that's how I, I view things I don't know what other people are doing I don't care I couldn't even name another company that tries to do what we do and we just keep driving along I've been doing this now this will be my eighth year actually my seventh year um uh since 2015 we've been doing this and so um the fact that we've been doing it consistently well over that period of time you know speaks well to how our algorithms work and uh um you know the market's huge so you know i don't you know it's not like me or somebody else you know um just pick me you'll you'll, you'll do fine and uh But, you know, I'm sure other people engage other opportunities, but I don't really know who they are.
0: Okay, I understand what you're saying, and I kind of take the same approach. You know, I'm going to do what I do best, but I'll give you an example. Over on Rumble, it just came to my attention serendipitously because the guy interviewed one of my political enemies uh, from the Arizona State Senate who's publicly going after me because I said I disagreed with their uh, uh, behavior uh, regarding certain topics, and uh, they're using the name, The Common Sense Show, which is trademarked. Um, I, I could not believe, I, but I find this kind of stuff all the time. People plagiarize my work every day, and people send it to me. Goes, Dave, was this you? No, I, no, that's not me. So I do get a lot of that, and I would imagine you get copycats. That, that's why I asked the question, because if you're, you're so successful, I would just think copycats would be part of the process. By the way, what, what did you play in high school and college? I was a swimmer. Oh, okay. Uh, that's my uh, main form of cardio now, um, and I'm so good, I do the double backstroke. <laughs> don't laugh too hard. Um, I can do crawl stroke and stuff, but my endurance isn't nearly as good. I get a lot more mileage when I get on my back. And
1: that, yeah, well, here, here, Here's the thing that people don't know. You'll burn more calories per stroke if you do breaststroke.
0: Yeah, I know. It's also hard. <laughs> yep. It's a very difficult stroke. To, that and the butterfly, I think we were tough strokes to master. Yeah, I did some swimming as a young kid. I was on a swim, swim team when I was a kid, but you know, I was very mediocre. So yeah. I, gra- I gravitated to football and basketball uh, where I did a little bit better. Uh, yeah. Did, yeah. Okay. Where would you go to college at? Uh, Shippensburg University, Pennsylvania. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Very good
1: school. Um, very sports school. So we, we're a Division two school that had a number of Division ones. So uh, sports. So we were national champs. Uh, field hockey for women. We're a Division one baseball school, and uh, and our football team was, you know, Division two um, uh, in the playoffs twice when I was there. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> yeah. And, so and we had a good swim team too. So, uh, um, yeah. So I liked it. Yeah. And, uh,
0: well, I'll tell you, it teaches the mental toughness that you need to deal with the nonsense we're going through with today. Let's go uh, to, uh, uh, you, you, we talked a little bit about Consciousness. I did not realize that this is a um, the gateway to Europe, as you said, Chinese railroads going through there. Um, is this going to put Russia and China at severe odds if, if Russia pulls Consciousness back into the Russian Empire?
1: Oh, I, I would, I would, I would have to think so. I think alarm bells are going off in China right now, because you got to realize, you know, the United States has China blocked to the east, and now Russia has China blocked to the west, India has China blocked to the south, and the Arctic Circle has China blocked to the north. Mm-hmm. So, so China is, you know, for for, for a country that re- relies on on trade. Um, they uh, they they put themselves in a pretty difficult position.
0: Well, they have to trade because they don't have the resources to support their immense population.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting, and and they you know they have very curious behavior for somebody that that has very very tenuous supply lines. They basically they've made an enemy out of India. Russia's scared to death of China. United States is a competitor to China the Chinese and the Japanese hate each other you know um and everybody else in that area fear China so it's going to be a you know it's very interesting and you know what I've been reading is and you're probably more well read on this than I am um but maybe not is that you know China's not a monolith you know you, you got mandarins of the north and mandarins of the south and uh my understanding is that there's a lot of internal strife right now because there are many people that don't want to make America their enemy. Okay. And so you have, uh, you know, they would rather just get rich, you know, and you have uh, Xi who's very nationalistic that thinks that this is just like the, the Democrats are trying to do with the economy is that they're, in, in in politics, you know they're they're going for the they're going for the brass ring, okay. And so, um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see if if, if G's reach, you know, exceeds his grasp, right, or whatever that
0: phrase is. Right, I I, and, uh, I know what you're saying though.
1: You know, so it's going to be interesting.
0: It, it is, but see, from the United States perspective. I like this. I don't like to see people die in Katsukhan. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying I like the fact that China is getting boxed in. Um, and I like the fact that Russia and China are squaring off because the enemy of my enemy is my friend.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, look, they're, they're, in, a, they're in a tough spot. You know, um, they, their food has to come from Africa, South America, and in North America. And uh, their energy has to come from the Middle East. And their export markets in the United States and Europe and you know if you notice the Europeans now are starting to you're starting to get to see pushback okay and you know the United States you know we're pretty neutral on the whole thing but you know if they do something that gets too visible against the United States then you know uh, politicians are gonna jump on that so I they're it's really interesting because you always everybody always says that Americans are reckless and the Chinese are smart and they think fifty years out. I I don't believe that for a second. I think the Chinese are very much day to day, and 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 I think um, I think they're they're really worried.
0: Well, they have to manage a lot of crisis, and that forces you to go day to day. Yeah, you, you,
1: and look, you, they 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 don't make it. They don't they don't have enough energy. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough water. The water's in the wrong place for where their food is. You know, uh, you have a lot of resentment that, you know, resources get um, taken from one part of the country to the other, basically, to support the Northeast, right? And so, uh, and my understanding is, this is like centuries worth of stuff. You know, the Northern Chinese and the Southern Chinese dynasties were always in conflict. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the Northern Chinese, you know, are trying to control... The southern Chinese, through basically they will take their water move it north, you know. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, I never thought China was
0: going to be the next century. So, and you know that. You know, I've been talking for years. Right, right. I know that. Uh, and and I agree with you. Again, we've talked about how they really can't project their military power. But speaking of that, what you're describing, if we substituted the year as 2022 and said uh, 1929 and instead of China, we substituted Japan. You're describing some pretty similar circumstances.
1: Yeah. I've I've always said that China is the United States in 1929 and the United States is great Britain in 1929. So, and what that means is because we have, we run twin deficits, um, we we're we're not going to be harmed by a collapse in trade. In fact, we benefit from a collapse in trade. And so, uh, Great Britain handled the Great Depression extremely well. In fact, some parts of London, real estate prices actually increased because people were bringing stuff back into the country. So, and I think the same thing is going to happen here if trade collapses. You know, we're talking factories insuring again. You're starting to hear that phrase a lot. So you're going to see probably economic activity remain fairly robust in the United States. Doesn't mean there won't be pain. It's just that it's just that we as we collapse trade, um, more things will have to be manufactured here. And since the United States, we can produce most things internally. Um, you know. <laughs> We have relationships with the right countries in Africa for strategic metals. And uh, and so I think the United States is going to be in pretty good shape. Where China, if they lose their export markets to the United States or Europe, they're dead. D-E dead,
0: you yeah. know? You know, the checkmating of China looks good on paper, but there's a wild card. And the wild card is Joe Biden. He's so soft on China. Yeah, and you don't have to buy into the theories that he's compromised because of his son and all this and that that you hear. But that that's almost irrelevant. But but Biden should already be standing up and saying, Taiwan is an ally of the United States, and if you continue our overflights with your bombers, we're going to take action. He should have already done that. I mean, doesn't Taiwan represent like six or seven percent of our trade?
1: Uh, Taiwan represents a high percentage of critical chip trade. Other okay. than that, not so much.
0: Okay, but it is critical to us.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, they control our chip, our chip manufacturing, which is which is insane. Yeah, I don't think. Look, I don't think China is going to invade Taiwan. I think that's always been some sort of. Dream of the of the progressives. Um, you know, China knows that if they if they went did such an overt act, the, the, the short term pain would well exceed the long term gain. And so I don't think China wants to do that. I think China it has a better strategy at the moment. They're basically just destroying uh, the the Western you know, basically political economy, right? And um, and so they don't have to do that act. They rather just weaken the United States. You know, with uh, um, look at they're doing. I mean, they they probably control what happens at Twitter, right, and Facebook. You know, we don't know who these people we don't know who these people are that are moderating, right? We don't, you know, we don't know where all these trolls are coming from. We don't know where all this information comes from. Yeah, a lot of it's coming from China. You know, and uh, so they can weaken our resolve that way. You know, and uh, you know, and, and I don't think it's an accident. We know what happened two years ago, right? So I think there's a, probably a, you know, uh, a fifth element war going on right now between us and China, that are that's you know, that's not kinetic. So I think I think China has a different strategy. They don't have to go after Taiwan. I think that's just public consumption for people.
0: Yeah, you think it's a rallying cry for Xi? I think it's just to keep the military budgets up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's really interesting, and they're locked in by India. India is taking an aggressive posture on their border too.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look, it, India is in a different position than the United States. In, that, that's that's India's water up there, you know, and uh, and so it, it, there's an issue there, and you know, same with Pakistan and same with Bangladesh, all that. You know, the, 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 and then how about Southeast Asia? You know, the the Mekong River and the another river that goes through Burma. You know, China's damming those rivers and diverting their their entire flows north. You know, so you know you're talking about. You know, China went full bore on that. Is that the Mekong uh, Delta could dry up? Would would basically starve out the Vietnamese and the Cambodians and the Laotians, right? And same with Burma. So, um, there's some very real things happening over in that part of the world. You know, with us in China, it's more like competition.
0: Yeah, the Vietnamese, I know a journalist in in, uh, Vietnam who's um, from the continent of Africa, and he told me, he said, they hate the Chinese here, but they don't let you talk about them in, uh, in the media because they fear China.
1: Sure. Well, China has a stranglehold over a lot of those. Economies, you know. So um, that's the problem, you know. When when you lead with fear and you lose your ability to exert your power, then then you get rolled pretty fast. Yeah, and, and, you know so that's that's what China has to watch out for. They you know, they 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 they, they don't know how to do win win. They do win lose. Okay, and so it becomes a problem. You know, America is much better at win win. Okay. So,
0: yeah, they, I, I totally agree with you. with China, it's kind of a might makes right philosophy. The way they rule over their people is how they try to dominate a relationship internationally, and, and they, they get rejected over it. I totally agree with you. Um, let's switch to Turkey for a second. you we, we talked about Turkey in our pre-air conversation, and you think that Turkey is a failed state. Uh, wh- what is the economic and international implications for the world, and most importantly for us? Well, the Bosphorus
1: Straits right there so a lot of trade goes through that area it puts Russia on defense um, you know Turkey sits at the crossroads, as you know between Africa Asia and Europe you know I think he went to play the the Calafete again and so I just think I think there's just a lot of mischief if, if, if you know if there's a power vacuum there a lot of people don't realize is you know ethnic Turks aren't the majority uh, demographic in that country. You know, you're talking about the Kurds. And so the whole Western part of Turkey is Kurdish, it's not Turkmen. And so it's really, you know, it's really interesting to see what happens if you start getting a bit of a power vacuum there. And you got to realize too, a lot of Kazakhs are Turk, okay? Uh, In terms of uh, their ethnicity, so, it's it's going to be really interesting. I think Turkey uh, saw themselves as basically the center of power in that region, and Russia now and Turkey are going to be, I think, at odds with each other.
0: Really? I thought they were getting closer.
1: Oh, no, there's a lot of back and forth right now between the two. So, <laughs> I think it's one of those love-hate things where, uh, look, Turkey wants to uh, basically they want to close off the streets of Bosphorus. Okay. That's Russia's. That's that would strangle Russia. So the Russians know. In fact, I think what they want to do is they want to put another canal through, um, uh, Istanbul on the other side. And so create a, like another canal. So it's gonna be really, going be really interesting to see how, how all that plays out. People when these things happen, those choke points become flashpoints, right? Strait of Malacca, you're talking about here, you're talking about Panama Canal, you know, you're talking straight to Taiwan. Anywhere that there's a concentration of economic activity that somebody can control becomes a problem. And especially when when economic activity starts to wane, you know, people people will start trying to take when the pie starts to shrink, people want more of the pie.
0: That's why I, it's gonna be fascinating. I think Turkey is is really, I think Turkey's really being short sighted in a lot of areas. I mean, they still have we still have nuclear weapons in Turkey, if I'm not mistaken. So, who is Turkey loyal to, or aligned to? Are they aligned to Russia? Or are they aligned more to the U.S.?
1: Uh, well, I think probably they're sympathetic to the United States. Um, you know. Erdogan though is is sympathetic to him, so you know he has to be removed from power if the United States wants to reestablish any kind of a, you know uh, authority there, you know because he's trying to play everybody against the middle.
0: Okay, that's what I thought too. It's not that he likes Russia, but he's playing both sides against each other.
1: Yeah, he doesn't like Russia at all. He wants to uh, he wants to dominate them, he, you know. He, he views Russia owning Turkish lands, ancestral ancestral Turkish lands. Okay, it's just people just need to pull a map up of Turkish speaking people around the world, and and you're talking Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, all those stans are a lot of Turkish people. Okay, um, and and so Turkey views those as their people. mm-hmm Okay, and you know, so they're going to be naturally at especially with all those resources. Turkey wants to control those resources. How do you think they're going to pay for their ability to survive? So,
0: yeah, one spinoff from the Turkey's volatility right now that we're seeing, and uh, the fact that they're creating problems for Russia or potential problems, and what's going on in Kazakhstan, isn't that a deterrent to, to Putin going to war? Isn't he having to tie up too many resources to deal with these issues or resources are affected by Turkey?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think they call it a happy problem for Putin. <laughs> he rather he rather ignore uh, um, ignore Ukraine for now to, to take advantage of this opportunity he has in Kazakhstan.
0: Yeah, so in other words, I may not get Ukraine right away, but I can get this here. I can get the second prize.
1: Ukraine's not going anywhere, but I I can grab Kazakhstan out of the grasp of the turks and the chinese
0: that's how i see it too you know it, and it's been suggested to me by knowledgeable forces that uh, what's going on at gats is being driven by the same forces from america that led to the unrest in ukraine that kicked out soviet friendly politicians oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm sure we're in there creating mischief that's what I thought, too. That's really interesting. But, uh, you know, I was also reading Russia's taking this very seriously. They they send in paratroopers and the Spetsnots.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. They're they're in there
0: in force. Wow. Um, but I don't think it has the, the potential to spread. Do you? I think it's a contained conflict.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, just by nature, because they can't go any further south. That's Afghanistan, right? And Iran. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't think so. I mean, Russia would be. Would be delighted, delighted to recapture Kazakhstan. You see how huge Kazakhstan is, yeah, massive,
0: and the the potential economic potential is incredible, which would help them, you know, in terms of competing with us. Um, let's look at the EU before we close, because the EU traditionally has been uh, our most reliable trading partner, and I say reliables, we're not thinking about fighting wars against Europe. But Europe's really in trouble. Putin's squeezing them with energy. Uh, they're, they've made terrible economic decisions in Europe. Uh, their currency is close to freefall, or should I say hyperinflation? I mean, how do you see what's going on there? Yeah, and in fact, um,
1: I don't know. Europe's like, I don't know, it's committing mass suicide. Um, you know, their, their pandemic response has been extremely authoritarian. They're their climate response has been awful. Their economic activity is nil, and um, and now they're kind of they're kind of being squeezed in many directions. And China now is actually uh, Europe's biggest bigger trading partner than the United States. So, you know, but within Europe itself, you know, the eastern half of the European Union is opposed to Brussels. The Western half has already broke off with the United Kingdom. And I think the um, the Nordic states kind of just beat to their own drum, you know. And so uh, it's really, um, really fascinating what's going on over there. But I always said Europe is going to fall first. And that's coming true right
0: now. And what will that mean for us for, and for the uh, average person? Uh, well, well America is just going to become dominant. So
1: um but you know it's going to affect it's going to affect you know things here and there right Because we sell into Europe and Europe sells into us but there's nothing that Europe has that we absolutely require right so for us it's just going to be more of like are we going to get sucked into something again hmm, like oh, we did, like we did twice in the last century so
0: yeah i don't see how that could happen though uh, I, don't yeah, think, I don't i don't think don't, we're going to go to war to help Europe get cheaper energy. Oh no, no I, I think that's over. I agree
1: with you. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fussing going on right now, saying you know basically the Western Hemisphere should just decouple from the world. So, um, but you know, look, the elites are all Europe centric, right? So it's um, um, you know they 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 view they view them as those those elites as kindred spirits with each other. So we're just gonna have to.
0: Is, uh, the UK, since they left uh, the, uh, the European Union, do they have a better chance of economic survival as a result?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, set aside all the goofy rhetoric that you hear. Um, Boris Johnson is going to make the United Kingdom energy independent through nuclear power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. So the um, United Kingdom has a very robust technology sector, very robust military they can project power, so I think they're in uh, they're they're in pretty good shape, okay? And then, you know, we're five-eyes. Eyes, eyes, well, New Zealand's on the shelf at the moment because we just don't trust Ahern. She, you know, she just tells China everything. So, um, But, you know, Australia, United Kingdom, United States, Canada, you know, uh, you notice you're starting to see an Anglo block. I put India in that block, and I put Israel in that block, too.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree so with you. That's a strong block. And I agree with the decoupling concept, uh, your observation on that. And it would certainly make George Washington happy um, <laughs> with his uh, uh, no, avoid foreign entanglements. Um, but <clears throat> and and, I, and certainly we could decouple. But I wonder if that would increase an alliance on the other side and we'd end up in a war anyway. I mean, the spinoff effects are just mind boggling. Yeah. Um, back to trade genius for a second here because i want to make sure that uh, we recap this because people ask me all the time when i don't cover this Um, you have a um, a special available to get into trade genius where you guys are absolutely kicking butt and taking names and that special is good through this saturday the 15th at midnight and uh, you get 65 percent off the uh, bundled items and the non-bundled items, you get 40% off. The coupon code is, is it holiday?
1: You know, I, I have to double check. Either people put in holiday or winter and it should work.
0: Okay, we'll say winter. I think we said winter early on, and I think that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so and they have until the 15th to do this. Folks, let me tell you, people really, really like Trade Genius. And, and Bob, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your insights on this because we're not hearing these kind of discussions in many places in the American media. So I do appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, Dave. Take care. Bye-bye.